Hey guys, thanks so much for joining with us today. We uh, just want to share for a few minutes on some things that God's been doing in my life in the last few uh, days, few weeks, few months, and even a few years. Um, it's a special thing to be able to gather together and celebrate the fact that God has formed a people together who exist to love Him, to love one another, and to love this city. Uh, in a world where so many commitments fall flat so fast, to watch this family continue to choose to reinvest and prioritize a life together on mission is something that is incredible. Um, I remember when I was asked, do you want to come back to Arizona to see the gospel planted uh, in another city? When we planted Missio Day Communities in 2008, uh, what we thought God wanted to do was to plant not just one church, but multiple churches scattered throughout the valley who would each uh, be able to announce and embody good news, to live their role in God's story just in a different city. In fact, we started as Tempe City Church, but then realized very quickly uh, that God wanted to do something that was beyond just one city. And so we're like, man, we can't have a Tempe City Church that meets in Chandler or one that meets in Mesa. And so we switched the whole thing out, and that's where Missio Day Communities was born. It was a few years later that we realized we could have just swapped out the first name of every church, but that's neither here nor there. We're uh, Missio Mesa, and that's what we are. Um, but just two years into planting in Tempe, uh, Kaylee Ann and I felt like Jesus wanted us to go back to New Jersey to be a part of planting a church there. And that was not geographically strategic. That was not along with the big plan that didn't fit on the flow chart anywhere. But God made it abundantly clear that's what he wanted from us. And so we followed him and we spent four and a half years there in my hometown, Little Lake Harbor, New Jersey, Mystic Island, New Jersey, and saw through God's absolute faithfulness, uh, a church planted, uh, elders raised up, there was a beautiful community that was forming, and it was just when the foundation was laid on that that Jesus invited us back into the work he was doing in Arizona. But when I was asked, I remember thinking, I'm not sure I want to do that. I wasn't sure that I wanted to leave a pocket of uh, creation where I could see there was so much darkness and so much need of the gospel for a city where I saw that there was so much light. Uh, in the Phoenix area, as most of you know, there is so many incredibly amazing, kingdom-centered, gospel-informed, Jesus-loving people in this area. Uh, I remember driving along the 60 when uh, we were having this conversation with Chris and myself and just asking if I wanted to move back out here. And I remember asking Siri, hey Siri, uh, where's the closest church? And we were a little bit further east in Mesa, but Siri just let loose with a series of like 20 different churches all within a few minutes from each other. All bodies of believers who wanted to announce and embody good news here in Mesa. And so I remember like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to move back and leave the community and the friends, uh, leave the beach and the ability to surf as much as I wanted to. Uh, we just adopted our second child and to come back into a place where there was so much beautiful light already happening. And, and I remember so clearly as Kay and I prayed that there was a movement of the Spirit saying, yes, move back, but make sure you move to Mesa. And not just any part of Mesa, but the western part of Mesa. And so that's why we live where we live. And that's why we've decided, along with you, to plant the church here in western Mesa. Because the Spirit was so clear in calling us into that space. And he's done an incredible thing in weaving together each of your stories with our story and the call he's put on our life with the calls he's put on your life and the neighborhoods that you call home and the neighborhood that we call home and this beautiful tapestries coming together. And it's something that's incredible to see. Like I said, two years isn't a victory lap, but it is something 
to celebrate. Uh, hopefully we're just getting out of the blocks with what Jesus wants to do in us and through us. And even this year I've watched as he's grown my love and my ability to just enjoy his presence and it's it's fueled a newfound um, or maybe renewed desire to see others experience that good Father that we have, that beautiful Savior that we have, that empowering and indwelling spirit that is ours because of Jesus. And, and I want to see more of that for us as a community and for our neighborhoods. And so how do we get there? Uh, there was two texts from John that were really helpful for us as we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do together as a church. And they both happen to be in John. So if you have a Bible, John 20, John 20 in the first little section will be in verse 21. And so remember with John that he's told the story of Jesus so far, that he's said that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and he unfolded and unpacked the narrative of Jesus being the true king, the true Messiah, the rescuer, the one who would heal the nations, the one who brought the true and better wine to the party, the one who would bring a kingdom of joy and fullness and then he was the one who loved the world and gave himself up for it. He was the one who brought dead people back to life. Lazarus coming back to life. He gave sight to the blind. He gave food to the hungry. He calmed the seas. He was the true and greater temple. He was, he was what God had always promised as the source of life and the way to see heaven and earth brought back together. To see religious systems toppled. To see rebellious people brought in. And that's what Jesus came to announce. And we've also seen that he was murdered for that claim, right? He was killed. His very real body was very really killed and laid in a very real tomb. He flatlined. There was no more life. But then three days later, he resurrected, bringing new creation into right now. And he announced that to Mary. And Mary went and announced it to the disciples. And this is where we're at. Jesus shows up for the disciples. And he says this, again, verse 21, Jesus said, peace be with you. Uh, in Hebrew, it be shalom. In Greek, it's a reine. It's this idea of the world is the way it should be. It's not just uh, you have a warm, fuzzy feeling and that's peace. Like you had a great cup of hot chocolate or you had a great whiskey or you really, really feel excited and that's peace. Peace is the settled sense that the world is the way it ought to be, that the fabric of creation is brought back together and we experience that that's peace. Things are right. I can trust God. He is right. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. This verse was so huge for us when we started the church. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. How was Jesus sent? Man, he was sent in a body into a real neighborhood, into a real city, a real town with real friends. And so we want to not just hide off in our houses, but be really present with real people wherever God has sent us. Uh, he brought in the lonely, the lost, the left out, those who were marginalized and pushed to the outside, those who thought that God's kingdom could never be for them because they were too far gone, too sinful, too much of their lives had been lived too far from God. And man, Jesus came just to announce, no, that's who my kingdom's for. It was good news for the religious, those that were thought they could follow the rules enough to be right with God. And Jesus said, no, 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 that's an awful way to live. Come, follow me and you'll find life. And so Jesus did these different things. He welcomed those people in. He gave very physical ministry to people who were physically in need. And so we wanted to be physically present, giving physical ministry to people in need. Jesus listened to the Father, and we want to listen to the Father. He is empowered by the Spirit. We want to be empowered by the Spirit. Jesus uh, is the model for how we want to do ministry. 
And so Jesus spoke these words to the first disciples, but I think by proxy, they come to us as well. Jesus saying, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Jesus did the work. We get to go announce that it is finished. Uh, Jesus is good news, and he fills us up to live life in such a way that we can be good news to others. It's incredible. And then the next verse, then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So track with me. We can never be a church who wants to do the works of God without the power of God. We can never live on the mission of God without the presence and the power of God himself being with us. And there's a lot of other things that we can choose to try to tap into in order to uh, be effective or be relevant or try to meet needs. And there's a ton of things. We can look to marketing. We can look to our Instagram stories. We can look to how many people show up on a Sunday. Are we really doing this right? And here's what I just want to say. If we follow the Spirit and we're faithful to following the way Jesus has for us, the fruit is entirely up to him. We want to be people who model our lives after Jesus's, but then who also depend and rely and live in the spirit that Jesus lived into. So here's a question I want you to talk about. Uh, If you're online, feel free to chat this up in in the chat bar. If you're with a few people in your living room, just turn around and talk to them. But answer this question. How have you seen Jesus continue his work through Missio Mesa? How have you seen Jesus continue his work, his ministry, the work that he was doing in this world through our church in the time that you've been with us? Uh, That could be just five days. It could be five weeks. It could be five months. It could be the full two years that we've been around as a church. But uh, coming off of this verse particular, how do you see Jesus continuing the work that he started through our church in our cities? Take a few minutes, talk about it, and then I'll pull you back and we'll uh, look at one other passage in the book of John that shaped us significantly as a church in the past, and I want to see it continue to do so in the future. All right, welcome back. I'm very glad that you're here. So. When we get asked, what is it that we hope to see happen because Jesus is doing work in us and he's doing work through us? There's a few different answers we give, right? Uh, One of the answers is that we want to be a family of missionary servants. That's our identity, and we want to embody that here where we've been sent. Uh, Another answer we give is that we want to be disciples, followers of Jesus, men, women, and children who live lives like Jesus lived, empowered by the spirit that Jesus was empowered by, on the mission Jesus was on, by extension in our period of time. Uh, We also want to see new disciples made. That is, people who uh, believe for the first time that Jesus is king and arrange their lives in such a way and arrange their loves in such a way that they pattern their lives after Jesus along with our community. And then we want to see them matured up and then them multiply and make more disciples, right? That's that's the hope. That's the dream. 
This isn't just something that we've set our minds to because we were bored. Uh, we're not planting a church because we don't believe there was any other good churches in the area. There are other churches that love Jesus, but in a half million people, there is still a lot more people to reach. And so from the beginning, unapologetically, we said we want to be a community of Jesus followers, yes, who exist so that the sort of people that Jesus drew in would also be drawn in to our community. So the lonely, the lost, the left out, those who thought that Jesus' good news could never be for them, we want to show them that it is and announce and embody good news. God's kingdom is here and it's for you. And so that's what we want to arrange life around. Uh, that's what John wanted to write so that his friends and those people that he was living around would know the good news. Jesus actually is the king of all creation. He is the promised rescuer. He is the one who has come to answer all the problems in this world and all the brokenness and loneliness and isolation and all the things that have gone wrong in God's creation. Jesus came to be the rescuer and he wanted his friends to know that. He wanted people he didn't even know yet to know that. And so he wrote this down in such a way that they would see that that Jesus is the rescuing, redeeming king. That's what his book's written for. That's why we read it. That's why we soaked in it. That's why we told story after story after story that Jesus came for people like us. And so we told the story, right, of the, the wine at the wedding where they were in embarrassment and they were about to be outed as those that hadn't planned and lived with all sorts of shame because of that. And Jesus comes and gives new wine that enables the party not just to go on, but to be better than they ever thought possible. And we said, that's what the kingdom of God is like. It takes our shame and replaces it with joy. And then we saw the woman at the well, right? This woman who came with her shame and her guilt and her religious ideas and brought them before Jesus. And he fills her with living water. And she goes out and announces, good news, the kingdom of God's here. And other people come in because of that. We saw story after story after story where Jesus restores sight. He gives back life. He is the king of everything. And then the invitation is to believe that and walk in that. John writes it like this. Uh, he says in John 20, 30, these are the last few verses in the chapter. He says this, Jesus performed many other signs. And catch, remember, sign for John wasn't just like, oh, miracle. It was, no, this is a signpost pointing to the fact that Jesus is the reigning Messiah, that he is the king, that he represents God, that he is the one sent to make all things new. Like that's what he meant. And so these were signs. He did so many other things that pointed to that fact in the presence of his disciples, which aren't recorded in this book. Can't wait to hear those stories someday. Uh, just like our stories as Missio Mesa, we saw some pictures, we heard some stories from some friends, but let me tell you this, this is not even close to scratching the surface of the work that Jesus has been doing in us and through us. If those stories were told, it would fill up books already and we're only two years in. If those stories were told, it would be incredible, yes, but we'd take all time doing that. We'd never get to tell anybody else good news. So. We have these stories. Jesus had these stories. But John says this. He says, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah.